The Freedom Dividend Podcast represents my opinion on financial markets, investing, economics, and politics. All information disseminated on the podcast is not investment advice. Anyone seeking financial advice should look to contact a licensed broker or industry-registered financial advisor. What a difference a day makes in the stock market. Yesterday, we had the earnings report for Facebook, which I'll get into in a minute. But the day prior, we had Google announce earnings after the close. Google reported earnings of $30.69 a share, which was a big beat on estimates of $30.01 per share. And immediately following their earnings report, Google stock was up 5% in the after hours trading session. And the following day rallied to as high as 10% up on the day. But Google reported much better than expected revenues and earnings, and they also announced a 20-for-1 stock split, which will occur over the next several weeks. And the revenues jumped over 34% year-over-year for Alphabet. Now, when Google reported these earnings, it immediately caused a shockwave in the markets that sent a lot of stocks higher, most particularly the FANG names like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and also a lot of the more highly speculative stocks as well. The ARK Innovation Fund did very well on this news during the after-hours trading session and the following trading day. But yesterday, Facebook reported earnings along with a number of other significant companies, and Facebook actually missed earnings for the quarter They only reported $3.67 of earnings per share versus a $3.84 estimate, which was a big miss. And also revenues declined. And more importantly, Facebook's revenue forecast was declining as well. The stock immediately plunged 23% in after hours trading. And as I'm speaking right now in the middle of the trading session intraday Thursday, Facebook is now down over 25%, erasing over $200 billion of market value within one day. The company is now trading as low as it was in the beginning of January 2021. So it's erased all of its gains over the past year. And Facebook, like Google did, is taking the markets with it. The NASDAQ was down as much as 2.5% today. It's rallying back a little bit now, down only 1.8%. And of course, I say only because that's still a very big move to the downside. The S&P 500, the Dow Jones, all down as well. And again, Facebook has taken a lot of stocks with it. And one of the problems with Facebook is they are very highly dependent on small business advertising. Most, most businesses that advertise on Facebook are small businesses, and small businesses are continuing to struggle to, uh, to spend on ad revenue because they're struggling to make ends meet altogether. They're facing rising costs. They're facing wage increases for their workers, and so there's very little money left to go around for them to spend extra money, and a lot of businesses have gone into contraction, and that's a big reason for the earnings miss for Facebook. But even more importantly, as is with all growth stocks, is not just how they performed on the quarter, but the forward guidance they give for the future. Now, one of the big headwinds that Facebook is going to face, and they're already facing this, but there are a lot of other things that are competing for people's time. 
Mark Zuckerberg even mentioned on the earnings call that TikTok has really stolen a lot of people's attention away from Facebook. And it's been very hard for Facebook and both Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, to compete for people's time. And so that's really hurting subscriber growth. And they're not seeing growth anymore in their new account signups. So there's a lot of headwinds for this company in the future. They also have a lot of political risk because of the government's potential crackdown on social media companies. And they also are making heavy investments into the metaverse, which they have given very little guidance for, even though they are spending tons of money to make those investments for the future. So there are a lot of headwinds for Facebook. And now with this 25% drop, we see that a lot of investors were caught off sides going into this earnings call. In fact, most commentators that I saw on CNBC over the past week leading up to this earnings call were recommending Facebook as a buy going into the earnings. And of course, all of them were wrong. But now people are reevaluating the potential for growth for this business in the future. And we see with the price drop how quickly sentiment can turn around in the markets for any given company. But Google is bouncing back as well. It was even taken down yesterday in the later half of the trading session and this morning on the Facebook news. And we'll see if we get a rally back. But again, it still seems like the market momentum is way to the downside, as I explained last week, that a lot of people are starting to recognize that a lot of these high multiple growth businesses in the U.S. markets probably will never grow into those expectations. And so people are reevaluating what these businesses are actually worth. Now, we also got a number of other earnings from significant companies yesterday, significant companies, meaning companies with high growth expectations. Uh, this week, we had a number of companies report earnings that have uh, the spotlight, but most in particular, PayPal had a terrible earnings report, also dropped 25% after its earnings. MicroStrategy had a terrible earnings report. Uh, Win Resorts, Snapchat. Snapchat was down 20% going into this morning. They reported earnings this morning. Uh, you also had Spotify was down 17% after it reported earnings yesterday. So a lot of carnage in the markets in general, but again, more specifically in the names that are growth investments, high multiple earnings ratios, or some in some cases, not even any earnings for these companies, Spotify being an example of that. We did get ExxonMobil reported earnings this week, and they actually beat their earnings estimates, and the stock rallied on that news, and ExxonMobil is doing very well. But again, if you're a highly diversified investor right now, your portfolio is not looking too bad if you have exposure to value stocks and to international stocks. Because even though the tech sector is getting hit very hard, and that's bringing down a lot of the US markets with it, a lot of the value stocks within the United States, and also a lot of the international stocks are doing very well. So again, it's just the more highly speculative names that are getting taken down here. And I want to go over Spotify because they had a terrible earnings report yesterday as well. Now, one of the problems with Spotify that I think people, as they're reevaluating these businesses, are starting to recognize is that it's very hard for Spotify to compete for people's time. The same problem that Facebook has. And we see that a lot of the social media space and not just social media, but 
home entertainment space in general is beginning to get extremely crowded. That's one of the problems that Netflix is facing as they are now competing with so many different streaming services. People can only watch and stream so many different episodes or movies throughout the, the week or the month. So same thing with Spotify. If people are going to listen to a podcast, they can listen to it on Spotify. They can listen to it on YouTube. There, They have Apple Podcasts. There's a lot of places you can go to get the content that you want to get. And we see in uh, Google's earnings report, Google did extremely well in part because of how well their YouTube business is doing. And again, YouTube is a much more stickier platform. Much more people would prefer to listen to music or podcasts or watch videos on YouTube as opposed to go and sign up for a Spotify account. And Spotify has been hoping that its big name producers like Joe Rogan or like the Obamas or the Kardashians are going to drive people to their, their website. But the podcasting business is very difficult in general. It's very difficult to get people to continue to listen to content and come back over and over again and monetize the, those listeners. So Spotify doesn't really have any edge against this competition, which again is mainly YouTube and other podcast services. But they their growth expectations are now being extremely diminished because again, they're not growing subscribers. They don't currently earn any profits. And this is a company that, that's also facing a controversy with Joe Rogan. We'll see how that plays out. I expect that that's just going to roll over. But again, their business model is not very good in general. So I don't expect them to do well moving forward. PayPal, another one I mentioned, this stock got absolutely killed this week after it reported earnings. And again, it's because they had not only a weak quarter, but they gave extremely weak guidance moving into the future for the aspects of their business. But this is one of those payment services, again, tons of competition, and it's they're not able to monetize a lot of their customers. And this business was, again, a darling of the stay-at-home stocks trade during the pandemic, and it's now just given up all of its gains over the past few years. And again, PayPal, another one of those companies, like all the ones I'm going over now that does not pay dividends. So if you purchased this stock two years ago, you have nothing to show for it now if you are continuing to hold it into this past earnings report. Snapchat, another one, another company that doesn't produce any earnings. This stock is now down since it IPO'd a few years ago. So again, another stock that does not pay dividends. If you bought this stock when it IPO'd, you're now losing money. And that's over the course of a few years where you could have been earning money somewhere else. It hasn't paid any dividends. And again, this is highlighting the importance of having exposure to value stocks in your portfolio. You want stocks that have a consistent track record for earnings that can pay you dividends because when you have exposure only to growth stocks and you have a market downturn like the one we're experiencing right now, you can lose your gains very, very quickly. There's an old saying on Wall Street that stocks take the staircase up and the elevator down, right? Look at Snapchat over the past several years that it, since it's IPO'd, it was consistently rising, 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 little by little, month after month, and then all of a sudden, one bad earnings report, and boom, the stock loses everything that it's gained, and then some over the past few years. 
So it's very important to understand that growth stocks, while they can have a lot of upside potential, also can create a lot of downside risk. And a lot of people are experiencing that pain right now. Micro strategy, this another stock, it's really not trading on the aspects of its business. It's trading on the fact that they own over 100,000 Bitcoins that they've put on their balance sheet, both with shareholder money and with borrowed money from issuing issuing corporate bonds. Uh, They came out with a terrible earnings report for their business. And with that, Bitcoin is also in a bear market. It's down over 35% from the highs, still not able to get back over the $40,000 level. Uh, Again, if you purchased this stock at the highs, you had to purchase a share for over $1,200. It's now trading well below $400 a share, uh, down 66% from the highs and continuing to free fall. Um, When Resorts also reported this week, now they're actually up on their earnings, but they're again a money losing company. They're in the sports gambling space as well. And there's again, tons of competition there. But again, look at the ARC Innovation ETF. This ETF continues to sink. It's now making new lows at $64 a share. Uh, Remember, this was the darling ETF during the COVID pandemic in 2019. And this ETF had a horrible year last year. And it's continuing to fall, especially on the Facebook news, which is taking down a lot of the rest of the market. And if you look at the ARK Innovation ETF, and this is a big point to bring up because, again, all of the, the, the ETF is comprised of all very highly speculative growth stocks that have huge multiples on their businesses and have no forward guidance for creating earnings for the most part. Tesla makes up 8% of this portfolio. Now, Tesla, although it's down uh, about 10% from its highs, is still holding up relatively well in this market compared to a lot of other growth stocks. But if you took out the 8% Tesla holding from this portfolio, this ETF would be getting killed even more. The Again, some of the stocks that are in here, at least the biggest holdings are Teladoc, Zoom Video, Roku, Coinbase, Exact Sciences Corporation, uh, Spotify, Twilio right? All these stocks are the ones that are getting killed. And Tesla has been at least holding up this ETF somewhat. Now the ETF is still in free fall. But again, this creates an opportunity where even if you wanted to buy Tesla, you could just hedge Tesla by buying the SARC ETF. Now the SARC ETF, I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast, but that was created by Tuttle Capital Management. And what that is, is that is an ETF that is indexed to the ARK Innovation Fund, but it's a short side ETF. So they short everything in the ARK Innovation Fund. And so those two ETFs are exactly negatively correlated. So if the ARK Innovation Fund goes down, the SARC Fund goes up because it's short all the names in the ARK Innovation ETF. So you can actually use the SARC uh, ETF to as a hedge, if you want to buy into high tech growth names that you have a high conviction on, like Tesla or like Microsoft or Apple, because and and this is part of the problem, too, is, you know, when at least the high quality tech names like the Googles of the world and Microsoft's, even if you buy those, you know, those are higher quality names that produce earnings and have 
a very high amount of cash flow. So I could see a scenario where we continue from here where the more highly speculative tech names fall, but the FANG names don't and they hold up. And But I can't see a scenario where the highly speculative stocks like the Spotify's and the Twilio's and the Twitter's of the world rise, but the FANG stocks actually decline. And so you can actually hold the SARC Innovation ETF as a hedge against bigger tech companies in your portfolio if you want to still continue to invest in those. But again, as I've been saying, I don't think tech is going to rally from here. There's no reason for why we would see that. Again, the economy is starting to slow. We see that in a lot of these earnings report reports. Look at Robinhood. When they reported earnings last week, they also missed terribly on earnings. And a lot of it is because the economy is slowing down. Remember, all of Robinhood's customers are middle-class Americans that now have less discretionary spending money and so less money to invest and put into Robinhood. So the economy is slowing. A lot of the, the ad revenue for these tech businesses is going to continue to decline. And again, there, there's no reason for why tech would rally, especially if the Fed gets going on its uh, tightening cycle, because again, higher interest rates act as gravity towards growth stocks and that they pull down their valuations. Now, we're going to get the uh, ADP, or sorry, we got the ADP non-farm payroll numbers came out. We were expecting to add 185,000 jobs. Instead, we've lost 301,000 jobs. So that was a huge miss. Not only did we not add any jobs, but we lost 301,000. And again, this is the estimated change in the number of employed people uh, from the previous month, uh, and it excludes government workers. Now, tomorrow, we're going to get the non-farm payroll numbers, and I'm going to put together an, another podcast to go over that. But again, we have treasury yields are starting to climb again. The U.S. 10-year is now over 1.84%, and growth is slowing dramatically. All these big companies are missing on their earnings, and you know all, all this is prior to any Fed rate hikes, which is, again, going to slow down the economy. So if earnings are starting to diminish now, especially for the bigger companies, then how, how are earnings going to improve in an environment where the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, makes the cost of capital higher for businesses, and also puts a lot of pressure on individual consumers who have to service their credit card debt, their mortgage payments, their car debt, their student loans, right? The economy is slowing down dramatically. But while all this is going on, in US, U.S. growth stocks, again, value and international stocks are holding up very well. Uh, many, uh, many of the stocks that are uh, in the oil sector are still performing. Oil almost hit $90 a barrel the other day. Consumer staple stocks are holding up, doing very well, uh, reporting good earnings, right? And also the valuations of international stocks continue to rise. We actually got a break in the dollar index, which fell slightly over the past few days. And again, the dollar weakening uh, is, is going to put a, more of a burden on U.S. consumers because that means higher prices for consumer goods that are being imported for other countries. But again, you want to rotate into the more value-oriented stocks. Again, if you've owned Facebook over the past year, PayPal, Spotify, Snapchat, Twilio, uh, 
any of these names, Robinhood, Coinbase, right? If you've owned any of these over the past year, they've already given up all of their gains over the past year and then some. Snapchat is down since it's IPO'd three years ago. Again, doesn't pay any dividends. So if you bought these stocks, you're now losing money and you have nothing to show for your last few years of investing. But if you own value stocks that pay dividends, they don't A, have as big of a drawdown in hard times, and B, you get to collect the dividends from owning those stocks. So even if they go through a rough period where they have a rough one or two years of growth, you still get to collect your dividends and you're still earning returns. And when the markets are struggling, those are the types of equities that you want to own. But more importantly, you also want to diversify and not just hold U.S. value stocks because a lot of U.S. value stocks are actually what are known as value traps, where people think they're buying value, but there's actually not much value there. And when a lot of these stocks do report earnings that miss, that's again when investors come in and start to question their original assessment of these businesses and then reevaluate them the same way they're reevaluating Facebook today and it's now trading 25% lower than it's been trading at for the past several months. But one example of value traps in the U.S. would be the home building sector. Now, a lot of the home building stocks are actually, believe it or not, trading at their lowest levels since the financial crisis, since the blowing up of the housing bubble. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, One is because the housing market is most likely about to turn. Now, we've had a huge boom in the housing sector over the past decade, but even more so the past year. Again, I've mentioned before, uh, the average home price in America nationally last year appreciated by 19%. And you might say, okay, well, you can attribute that to a lot of people uh, relocating during the pandemic and buying homes. But the thing is, you have to look at it from both ways, because even if you take a rural area, like, for instance, Montana or Tennessee, areas that have been uh, growing their populations because of this this mass exodus out of cities over the past two years. Yeah, housing prices are rising in those areas, but they're also falling in major cities. Right. A lot of people are moving out of major cities. And so when you talk about the national home average price, that includes all of the Uh, sales and buys in the real estate market. So when you take all that and put it together, home prices still rose 19% altogether last year. But again, even with this housing appreciation that we've had over the past decade, all of it is due to artificially low interest rates. And when the Fed has to fight inflation, or when the Fed decides it's not going to fight inflation, either way, interest rates are going to start rising in the next several years. And again, I've talked about that and that's why I'm currently short bonds in the treasury market. But when home, when uh, interest rates start to go up, people will be able to afford less of a mortgage payment because their mortgage payment will be higher, which means there are less buyers in the market, which means housing prices have to come down. Again, interest rates act as gravity, not only to growth stocks, but also to real estate prices. But Even if you look at 2021, where home prices went up nationally 19%, out of all of the home buyers, the average down payment 
for a house in 2021 was 12% down. And if you look at people under 30, the millennials buying homes, they put down an average of only 6% when they bought a home. And also, again, 20% of all down payments in the housing market were from crypto trading related profits, which again are going to go away. They've already really mainly gone away. 50% of all people that own Bitcoin right now own it at a loss because they bought in the last year and Bitcoin is down almost 50% in the last year. So a lot of the buying is going to go away as well because there's not as many speculative profits anymore from either crypto trading or from trading US tech stocks. But again, getting back to the original point, people are only putting down an average of 12% down payment on their homes. Now, if interest rates rise, credit conditions are going to tighten, which means that a lot more of the home purchases are going to require that people put 20% down on a home. And most people don't have 20% to put down on their home. To the extent most people have that 20% right now, it's because they're already homeowners and they have appreciated uh, equity in their house. But again, if housing prices fall, that equity can evaporate very quickly, just like the equity in Facebook evaporated overnight just yesterday. But is if housing prices come down, people have a lot less uh, value to roll over from one home into another. But also, again, if people are required to put a 20% down payment on a house, you look at if you look at, say, a $400,000 house now, right, a 20% down payment on that house is $80,000. How many Americans do you know just have $80,000 lying around that they can drop on a house? Very few. And again, as interest rates rise, unemployment will rise. And so a lot less people will have money laying around to buy these homes. So the housing market is in for a very rough time over the next several years, uh, the next decade. But that's why you don't want to buy U.S. value stocks located in the home builder section because of that reason. There is a reason why these stocks are trading so cheap. A lot of them trade at six, seven times earnings, which is extremely cheap. But again, they're cheap for a reason. And a lot of U.S. value stocks are cheap for a reason. You want to own the, the value stocks that are more international, more global, you know, like a Coca-Cola, for example, is not highly dependent on Americans being able to spend money because they have operations and business uh, uh, settings all over the world, for example. But again, you want to invest more internationally because the American economy is starting to slow dramatically. And we see that evidenced in a lot of the earnings reports that are missing expectations over the past week. And that brings me to... Uh, an interview I saw on CNBC earlier this week, they had on RuPaul Bansali, and she was recommending buying international stocks. Now, she actually said the same thing I've been saying, where she expects the U.S. to have very little, if no returns, over the next decade. And again, this happened before in the 1970s. The 1970s gave zero returns to American-only investors. And that is likely to happen again, because again, if you want to look at the environment we're in, it's the exact mirror image of the 1970s. But she was saying that she she's looking at international opportunities because international stocks have been ignored for so long. 
Again, the valuations of these businesses are much cheaper than U.S. stocks, and they provide for much greater opportunities in both the value and growth sectors of the markets. And she mentioned Baidu, uh, but Baidu, again, it's the Google of China, but they're also going into making autonomous vehicles, very similar to what Google is doing with Waymo. But again, the valuation of Baidu is much lower than Google's. And I've mentioned before on the podcast, the reason for that, the reason that a Baidu, for example, gets a much lower valuation than Google, or the reason that an Alibaba gets a much lower valuation than an Amazon, even though they're the same businesses, is just because of the country that they're located in. People over the past two decades have viewed the U.S. as a market where businesses that are operating in it deserve a premium because people look at the American middle class and say, okay, that's the wealthiest middle class in the world. So businesses that are selling products and services to the wealthiest middle class in the world deserve a premium, rightfully so. But the problem with that is that dynamic, as I've been mentioning, is starting to shift and starting to change. Over the next decade, the most wealthiest middle classes in the world will be located in China, Asia, and Europe. And so those businesses are going to start to get premiums, especially as investors continue to rotate out of the United States and into foreign markets like Rupal Bansali, who is investing in China, uh, other Asian countries, South America. So these are the businesses that are going to pick up the premiums over the next couple of years, whereas U.S. stocks are going to start to trade at discounts, again, because the demographics are shifting and the higher wealth is going to be concentrated in other countries outside of the United States as the dollar index continues to fall due to higher inflation. And that's going to give a lot of more purchasing power to consumers in foreign countries. Now, I'm going to wrap up there. We have Amazon reports earnings tonight, so we're going to look at that. Uh, That's the last big fang name to report for this quarter. We've already gotten, as I mentioned, Google, Facebook, Apple, and Microsoft. So we'll see how Amazon reports. Now, I do respect that they're not going to blow earnings completely out of the water, but they certainly can't do any worse than Facebook did. But they probably will have a decent earnings report. Again, with these growth names, the thing you have to look at more is not so much the earnings for the prior quarter, but the forward guidance into what they're projecting their business is going to do over the next few years and also what new projects they're investing in. So we'll look at Amazon earnings tonight. And again, tomorrow morning, we're going to get the non-farm payroll report. I'm going to put together a podcast to go over that. But again, the great rotation is continuing to work behind the scenes. As I mentioned, if you just look at the markets in the US, you see a lot of red, right? The Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, the S&P, and the Russell all down today significantly because of Facebook's earnings report that is sending a ripple effect throughout the rest of the growth stocks in the US. But again, if you own value stocks that have a long track record for earnings that pay high dividends, and if you have international exposure, your portfolio isn't looking too bad. In fact, a lot of the value stocks are actually picking up steam. And there's a lot of green on the screens for people who have value stocks in their portfolios. And again, these are stocks that you can collect dividends from year after year after year. Whereas if you owned a Facebook over the past year, you now have absolutely nothing to show for it. So even though you had a great 2021 because you owned Facebook, 
Now, if you own Facebook, you're having a terrible 2022. And again, it's wiped out all the gains that you've had in 2021. And we're not even two months into the trading year. We've only closed out one month. So again, this is the time as interest rates are going to start to rise, whether the Fed allows them to or the market just forces the the interest rates to rise. You want to own value stocks and you want to try and avoid value traps like an IBM, for example, another stock in the United States that is now valued at a higher valuation than Facebook, believe it or not. But again, this is a value trap because their earnings have not been growing and their their business is continuing to diminish. But you want to earn uh, own value stocks, again, in businesses that sell commodities, oil stocks, gold stocks, copper, uh, steel, right, materials, uh, chemicals, you want to own international value stocks that are consumer staple stocks that sell things to people that need to buy their product regardless of what the economy is doing. And again, the American economy is starting to slow significantly. I expect that we're probably going to get a bad non-farm payroll jobs report tomorrow, but we'll see how that goes. But again, the ADP uh, report that came out for jobs, extremely weak. We were expecting to add 185,000 jobs Instead, we lost 301,000, almost a 500,000 swing on the jobs change in ADP non-farm employment. And the economy is slowing. And again, the Federal Reserve hasn't even started raising rates yet, which if they continue to go into their tightening cycle, like they say they will, is going to slow the economy even further. And that means more blood in the water for a lot of these high-tech U.S. growth stocks that just got killed from their bad earnings report this week.